0: Hey, well, praise God. Let's get started here. Let's let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son Jesus. We thank you for your love for each and every one of us. Lord God, you are faithful, you are loving, you're compassionate, and you're kind. We thank you for your amazing grace and for what you've done on the cross for us over two thousand years ago. Father, I thank you for every person listening to this message. I thank you, Lord, that their hearts are open to receive and their ears are open to hear. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak in ways that only you can do. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and open up. We'll look at John chapter 1. Let's start in verse 19. That's John chapter 1, verse 19. I'll be reading here from the New King James Version. And it reads as follows, starting verse 19. It says, Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Beth Barber, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So I I read that just to ask you one question. It's that same question that was asked of John. Who are you and what do you say about yourself? And if I were to ask you those very same things, that very same question, if I were to ask you who you are or what do you say about yourself, what would you tell me? Now, I've asked many people this question during this similar message that I'm going to present to you today and the type of things I get are are things such as I'm a, a mother, I'm a father, I'm a I'm a teacher I'm a salesperson. I'm a, a lawyer. You know, oftentimes people will explain or, or give certain aspects or roles of life. As we mentioned, like husband, wife, father, mother, teacher, lawyer, doctor, etc. You know, oftentimes we can get stuck in defining our roles and professions and even the things that we do. And although those are aspects and particular roles of our lives, that's not who we are. Those are parts of things that we do. You know, if we see our identity based on a job or a role that we do, we'll struggle. When things are great, oftentimes we'll see ourselves in a good way. But the same is the rever- in the reverse, when things aren't going so well, maybe in a particular job or role, then we may see ourselves in a bad light. We'll tend to see value when we are doing things well, and we'll lose value when things aren't doing so well. So, what I I want to get across today is who you truly are. That's who I want to talk to you about. Is who you are. Now, don't. Don't, don't think that I'm saying that you're not a mother or father or you're not a teacher or whatever your prof- particular role is or profession. But what I want to get to you and, and pour into your heart is, is who you truly are and who God says you are and who God made you to be. I want you to see that today. I want you to understand that today because it's vital in, in the way that you live your life by recognizing and understanding who God says that you are. You know, several months ago, I was speaking with um, one of my coworkers, and she was struggling. She was having some issues at the job. There was a particular manager, her her, her uh, manager above her, um, began to speak to her, and she she really was not having a a good period of time. I mean, several months have gone by where she was struggling in the job because things weren't going her way. Things weren't working the way that she shot she thought they should be working, and she started to question who she was and she started to see herself in in a bad light and some period of time went on and and she started to stress a lot and she started having aches in her neck and aches in her back and aches in her chest and just areas of just bondage in her body and uh, she was telling me about it one day and I started to talk to her and I said to her look you know your job is is not who you are. She 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 basically put all of, of who she was into that particular role and that particular job. And when people didn't recognize it and see what she was doing and seeing the uh successes that she had and seeing what she thought was, was good and they, they looked down upon her or they, they didn't see it, see her in the same light that she thought that she was doing she started to stress and she started to lose value in herself i began to minister to her and just to share that she her value should not be tied to her particular role and to her her particular job and i started to show her what jesus did for her and what what how she should see her value by the blood that jesus shed and the life that he gave for her and it began to just totally i mean i could see it just a transformation change right right before my face and a little bit of time went on and maybe a month or so. And, and she came back. And she said, I have no more pain, no more aches in my body. The, the, the stress has been lifted off. She said, I've been thinking about what you said and, and about who I truly am in Jesus. And I mean, that totally made all the difference in the world. And that's what I want to happen with you today. You know, we maybe sometimes we look at the successes in our lives and we look at the failures. But, you know, I want to tell you, we are not the sum total of our successes and we're not the sum total of our failures either. You know, we can we can, like I said earlier, we we can do great and then we'll feel good about ourselves and we can see ourselves and the value that we have when we have success. You know, but then at the same, if we have failures in our life. A lot of times we'll look down upon ourselves and we'll lose that value. But I want to let you know, success or failure, that is not who you are. That is not who you are at all. I want to share a little story about myself from years ago. I used to see myself as a quitter. My my quitting status became my identity. When I was young, I I, I remember I wanted to play sports. And so I played baseball for a little bit shortly into the baseball season I quit I said nah this isn't for me I don't want to do this and in fact I mean this was the first sport I probably played and some of the kids they had been playing for years you know together maybe about two three years or so and I'm coming in new and really this is the first time I played sports and and I was fairly good but the kids would make fun of me so I'm like you know what I'm just not into baseball so I, I quit you know shortly after maybe a year or so later I I played football. And I remember I was a running back and I remember one of the plays that I was handed the ball and in the first it was a scrimmage game and, and I was handed the ball and I fumbled and I was like, Oh great you know, and I just felt horrible about myself and I, I just was down, so I'm like, you know what, I don't wanna do this anymore. So I quit. You know, later on this fast forward in life, you know, I get my first job and I remember I worked at Wendy's I was like, great, this is awesome. Got me a job. I'm going to get get paid, start having some money. Worked there for two days, and I was like, I'm out. I quit. I'm not doing this. I remember my next job, I worked at this uh, sporting goods store. It's called Champ Sports. And I was like, you know, I, I I was digging this job for a minute. You know, I stayed for a couple months, and, you know, so I did better than the, the first job. And what kept me there, there was a girl I liked. I was like, you know, I, I can do this, you know. You know, there's somebody here that I... I'm attracted to so you know I can do this so yeah I'm working about like I said two months or so maybe three and I find out she likes somebody else I was like man forget this I'm out I quit so I quit that job next job go work at this restaurant it's actually um Chili's so don't ask me why I got hired as a cook there's no reason I need to be in the back of the kitchen. So, I'm going to tell you this if you're going to go out to eat after listening to this message, pray over your food because there's some people that could be in that, that back kitchen that don't belong there, like myself. You know, so definitely pray over your food. But anyway, so I, I I get this job. I, I remember going to an interview and they're like, okay, you know, we're hiring for a cook. And I'm like, yeah, I could do this. And so they give me the menu. They're like, all right, you got to memorize this whole menu. So, you know, I had two weeks basically to memorize it and memorize the ingredients and uh, for the menu. So, I get it all down and. I come in first day for the job and the, the head cook guy in the back, he he just starts yelling at me. I'm like, well, what's going on? I didn't I didn't even start anything yet. You know, he's like, you can't have shorts on. You can't have shorts. And he's yelling at me about shorts on. It's summertime. It's hot. And I'm like, oh, OK, OK, you know, OK, that's fine. You know. Uh, all right. All right. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll be back. You know, I'll be back. Let me let me go change. I'll be back. So I walk out, never show up again. I'm like, forget this. This dude want yell at me first day? Uh-uh, I ain't coming back. So I saw myself as a quitter. I mean, I, I quit a lot of things. I mean, even in, in high school, you know, I ran track for a little bit, quit that. Ran football, quit that. Uh, I mean, played football, quit that. So, I, I mean, I was I was was a I was a champ. I was a professional quitter. You know, I would start something and I would quit it. And, um, you know, thank God I at least finished high school and, and, um, you know, the job I'm in today that I, that I currently work, I've been here, you know, a little over 11 years. So, I mean, I, I can say that I've been free from the quitting aspect. Um, so I say all that to say is, you know, a lot of times we we look at ourselves like as I did. And I I, I, be, I I saw myself that way. I saw myself as a quitter. So to me, quitting wasn't a big deal because that's who I saw myself as. It was, it was just one of those things where inside, internally, I saw myself that way. So it was easy to do that. I want to read something that I wrote down for you. It says, our, "Our identity must be in Christ. If our identity is not in Christ, then we will be seeking it from other sources, and those sources will never be right. It will also mean that we will have a mistaken identity and/or an identity crisis. We must allow other. We must not. Let me say again. We must not allow others to define us based on how they see us or what they say we are." We must base our self-image on what God said and has done for us. And as I mentioned before, we are not the sum total of our failures and we're not the sum total of our successes. You and I, we are what God says about us. And I'm going to tell you what he says about us here. You are a child of the most high God. You are righteous. Yes, you are righteous. I'm going to say it again. You are righteous. You are a saint, you are holy. you are perfect in Christ. I know some people struggle with with that idea about being righteous and and being a saint and being holy and and seeing themselves as perfect i mean no you' because know, a lot of times we look at our actions and we look at the things that we do um let's let's go to um second Corinthians five. And I want to talk to you about something for a moment because a lot of, like I said, a lot of people struggle with the idea of, of this righteousness and holiness and and being a saint. So I want to read something to you and and, and help to to get you to understand how you are what I just said you are because you know oftentimes we look at ourselves and say, hey, I, I I'm not perfect, you know, and that may be true in in your in your actions, but. We'll talk about that in a moment. So like I said, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll just look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me read that again to you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And if I'm going to ask you a question about this and say, you know, the moment you received Jesus as Lord of your life, did everything change in you? What changed? You know, because if you're missing two front teeth and you received Jesus as Lord, you're, you're most likely still missing those two front teeth. If you were bald when you received Jesus as your Lord, afterwards you were, you were still bald. You, you know what I'm saying? So what changed? A- and there's a piece of you that changed completely. I want to tell you something here. You are a three part being you're made up of. A, you are. Here's this. You're you are a spirit. You have a soul which is made up of your mind, your will and your emotions. And then you have a body which you live in. That's your earth suit. That's the, that's what you you live in. That's how you connect to this natural world through your senses and through your flesh, through this body that you live in. Now, your spirit, the, the spirit is the true you. You are a spirit. When you pass and, and when you die and go by the way of the grave, what's going to leave your body is your spirit. Not your body. Your body's not going with you. You have this mind and will of emotion that's part of you. Your spirit is the true you. When you receive Jesus in the scripture here that we read, it, it talks about all things become new. Your spirit is completely new. It's a brand new creation. It's a new species of being which never existed before. So what happens is you your your old man, your old nature dies. The spirit that was that you had is it, crucified. Like uh, Galatians two tells us, it says, "It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me." And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So when we read about that scripture and we talk about a new a new creation, we're talking about your spirit. That's what's changed not your not your uh, soul and not your 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 body itself. So, as we talk about here, and I and I read to you, uh, or mentioned to you that you are righteous and you are a child of God, you are a saint, you're holy spiritually. That's who you are. You're the true you is just like Jesus. You are one third of you is wall to wall Holy Ghost. You you are perfect in your spirit. In the true you, you're perfect. You are holy. You're righteous. Righteousness uh, is not um, something that that you you do to become. It's something that you're made. Let's go on and read. I'm going to read the last part of the chapter 5 in, in 2 Corinthians. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what's that mean? It means Jesus who never sinned. Jesus, the, the son of God who never sinned became sin for you and for me. That you and I could become and be made the righteousness of god in christ jesus you see you and i aren't being made righteous because of something that we've done we're being made righteous because of what jesus has already done so the moment you and i accept jesus as lord of our lives you are made righteous and here's the thing you think well there's things that i do in my my uh my actions and in my body so how can i be righteous and how can i be holy when I just messed up last night because I just did something wrong last night or or I just yelled at my wife or I or or I just said this word I shouldn't have said. And I did this thing that I shouldn't have done. Listen, you're you are not doing that. That's that's in your flesh. You know, there's there's still remnants of the old nature within you. You know, there's something that I can't stand uh, this this phrase. And and I hear it often in churches and different churches that I've been to and. And I don't think that the uh, these pastors are, are so mean harm when they say this, but it's not a good phrase and I cannot stand it. It's one of those phrases that just, ooh, it just gets me, ooh, you know, uh, makes me mad. It says, you know, we're just sinners saved by grace. I can't stand it. I can't stand that phrase. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner and you were saved by grace. But now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not a sinner. That was the old you. And to continually call yourself a sinner is to basically say, you know what Jesus has done isn't a finished work. And the work that Jesus did was completely perfect. It was completely right. It was done completely to the fullest extent of it that needed to be. And to sit there and call yourself a sinner when God says that you're holy and calls you righteous basically goes just against the cross it's a it's a it's a uh, a stand against what jesus has done because how can you be a sinner and then be saved at the same time listen just because you may have an act of sin that you do doesn't make you a sinner just like a a a person who has not accepted jesus as lord is not righteous just because they do a righteous act that doesn't make them righteous just like if you commit a sin isn't going to make you a sinner you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, sometimes there's there's uh, remnants of the old man still living on the inside of us because we haven't yet f- renewed our mind in a particular area. So we may still struggle uh, with overcoming certain things because we still have remnants of the old nature within us. See, the nature that you now have is the nature of God. The nature of sin has been destroyed. But sometimes there's still some remnants of it because we haven't fully... Changed in our thinking and renewed our minds. But here's what I want I want you to re- listen to this Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm gonna read it in two different versions actually. The first one's gonna be New Living Translation, the second one will be Amplified. It says, For we are God's masterpiece, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Let me read that again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, let me read this in Amplified. It says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, So that we would walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. Amen. 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 And amen. Let's go on to, uh, let me see where we want to go here. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter number 4. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Hallelujah. 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 First John, chapter four, verse 17. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. You're right. Know as he is, as Jesus is right this moment, so are we in this world. So I would ask you another set of questions. Is Jesus righteous? Absolutely he is. As he is, so are we in this world. Is Jesus holy? Yes, he is. As he is, so are we in this world. Is Jesus perfect? Yes, he is. As he is, so are we in this world. Is Jesus healthy? Yes, absolutely. As he is, so are we in this world. See, if you want to see yourself and recognize who you truly are i'm gonna tell you this look at jesus that's that's the the simplest form and the simplest answer that i can give you if you want to know your true identity look no further than the one who died for you look no further than the one who laid their life down for you Look no further than the one who gave his life up for you, went to hell for you, took sin on his body for you, suffered and and died for you. His name is Jesus. He is Lord. If you want to see and know who you are, look no further than the son of God, Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Let's look at a few more things before we, we close for today. You know, because the enemy wants you to doubt who you are in Christ. He wants to paint an image on the inside of you which is different than than the image that we're talking about today. He is here to steal steal, and kill and destroy, just like John 10, 10 tells us. Says, but Jesus came that we may have life and have more abundantly. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So Genesis chapter 1. We'll go through this uh, pretty quick and, you know, We'll, we'll be done shortly here. Genesis 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice what he says there. He says in in the first part of 26, he says, God said, let us, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc.'" Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's pick up in verse 1. And we'll read through verse seven. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God said, or for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And listen, i must to set you women free here. And listen, you know, so many people say it's that woman's fault. Listen, Adam was right there. Adam was standing right there. He could have said, listen, snake, get him out of here. You ain't got no right to be talking to my wife. Get him out of here. Leave this garden now. He could have done that, but he just stood there and he watched. And then verse seven says, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, notice what the devil says. He says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. First of all. We just read in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Listen, they were just like God already. See, uh, the the snake, uh, the devil deceived. He deceived them. He tricked them into thinking that God was holding out on them. But they were already just like God. But they believed a lie. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to believe a lie. He wants you to see yourself as something different than who you already are. Or He wants you to see. He's like, look, you can't be righteous. You can't be holy. You can't be like Jesus. You're not doing what Jesus did. You didn't do what he just did. You know, the enemy's going to use any tactic he can to try to deceive and trick you. He's there to steal, kill and destroy. And he wants to do that in your life. He doesn't want you seeing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you knowing that you're perfect in Christ because then you'll start living out that that thing that you believe. It's easy to believe. It's easy to live out something that you believe about yourself. It's when you don't believe something or when you think that you have to try to achieve something to become something. But I'm going to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that listen, you are already just like God. Like the most high God. You are just like Jesus. You are made in the very image and the likeness of God. So don't allow any devil. Don't allow any person. Don't even allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that you're something other than that. Amen. Then let's go. Listen. See, the enemy's trying the same thing. He tries the same tactics over and over again. We'll look at uh, Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. He tried the same thing. Tried the same thing with Jesus. Matthew chapter four verse one. We'll read through eleven. It says And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, see the tempter, same one. Uh, when the tempter came to him, he said, if, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread." But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. See, look, the devil's trying the same tactics he did way back in the garden. And listen, he says, he says to, to Jesus, we see this here twice. It says, he says this is the key word, if. If, 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 what's he say? If you are the Son of God. Let's go back a couple verses in uh, the end of chapter 3, Matthew 3, reading verse 16 and 17. I want to show you something here. Verse 16 says, When he had been baptized, referring to Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus was even taken to the wilderness. To be tempted of the devil. His father told him who he was. You are my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Now listen. (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this part. Man. God. Hallelujah. This, This has happened before. Before Jesus did anything, before you see all these miracles happen, before you see uh, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, raising of the dead, healing of, of bodies. Listen, the father said to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen, God is well pleased with you. Why? Because you've accepted his son, Jesus. You've accepted the savior of the world. You've accepted the gift the free gift of grace in Jesus you've accepted Jesus he's well pleased with you you are you are God's beloved as well now see when the enemy comes and says look you did this wrong you did that wrong you know you tell him devil shut up you get up out of here in the name of Jesus you tell him to leave you tell him you go devil i'm not listening to your lies i'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus i'm righteous i am holy i've been sanctified I am set apart for God's good use. You let the devil know where he can go. You let him know. See, the enemy is going to constantly try. He's going to try to come. He's going to try to make you doubt who you really are. That's when we that's when you need you and I need to take 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're getting close to the end. We're getting close. We're getting close. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll give you a moment to get there. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let's read verse 6 as well. I'm being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Listen, when the enemy comes, you say, No, a devil in the name of Jesus, I cast you down. I cast these thoughts down. When he speaks to your mind, you say, No. I'm not listening to this. I'm not accepting it. I refuse to believe what you say. I cast those thoughts down. The truth is what God says about me. And that's what I will believe. And that's what we got to do. And we got to we, we, we must learn to renew our minds to God's word so that we can live who God has called us to live. We've got to meditate on the word of God. We've got to Romans 12, one and two. I'm gonna read this from the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around, <clears throat> excuse me, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen. Don't be so well-adjusted to this world that you fit into it without even thinking about it. Amen. I want you to, to, to think about the things that we, we've spoken about today. Renew your mind to his word. Renewing your mind isn't a one-time event. It's a lifetime process. We continually renew. We continually think about over and over again what this word means to us, how it applies to our life. You know, um, cows, when they, 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 when they eat. Say they're eating some grass from the field, they're they're chewing and they're chewing, they're getting the nutrients out of it. And what they do is they swallow, they they it's called Muse, they they swallow it and then they bring it back up again and they chew and get some more nutrients out of it. They chew a little bit more and, and get what they can out of it. And, and and that's 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 the point of that's that's similar to meditating on, on God's word, where we may take a scripture like, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and then we think about that for a moment. I who's I I that's me. I I can. I can, yeah. Yeah, I can. I can do what? What can I do? I can do all things, all things. What's that mean? Oh, so, so, okay. So if the Lord told me to, to, to go speak to my neighbor and, and share the gospel. Yes, I can do that. I, me, yes, me. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me the strength that I need. So listen, that's a that's part of it And then we just go back And think about it some more Yeah, that's me And then uh, eventually Faith rises up On the inside of us and, and then we're like Listen, I can do this Because I have The anointed one I have Jesus Living on the inside of me Giving me strength That I need To, to do what he's Asked me to do Listen, it's, it's simple It really is A lot of times We make things difficult But it's, it's simple Let me just remind you One last time You Are God's workmanship you're a masterpiece. You are a work of art. You are holy. You are perfect. You are righteous. You are God's beloved. That's who you are, my friends. I, I hope you get this. In Christ, that's who you are. One third to be your spirit. That's who you are. That's the true you. When you see in scripture about Jesus and you see who he is and, and you see about him, that's you. Look at him and then look at yourself because he's in you. That's who you are. Don't allow any devil. Don't allow any person. Don't allow even your own self to, to talk you out of these truths. You are who God says you are. Amen. That's who you are. So oh, I pray you're encouraged by this. I pray that you're blessed by this. I pray that this word has has uh, spoken life into you. It may take some time to, to, to change your thinking about some of the things that we talked about and change what you believe about this and how you see yourself. But I encourage you to continually renew your, to renew your mind to God's word. Listen to this message over and over again. Let it go through your mind. Let it go into your heart. Let it, let it stay there. Keep thinking about it. See yourself that way, because as you see yourself this way and as you believe this about yourself, it's going to be so easy to walk this out because you'll believe it. You'll believe that this is who you are and you'll walk it out. I pray you're, you're blessed, my friends. I know you are. I love you. Uh, more importantly, God loves you. and He cares about you. Until next time, this is William Morgan. God bless you. I love you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by it. For more information or to contact us, please visit us at III.com and our ministry page at gracelivingministries.org. Thank you and God bless you.